The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, Coach, what's going on? There's a lot of older quarterbacks in this NFL. Peyton Manning, 38 years old, will be 39 before the season's over. Tom Brady, he's not far behind him. Hey, and then there's also Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Brees. Coach, we're going to be losing these quarterbacks, these premier quarterbacks in the NFL. They're going to be dropping like flies in the next five seasons. And who's going to pick up that slack and make sure that this league keeps on going like it's going. Well, Coach, I don't know, but like you said, you could put a list of about 10 or 12 of the premier quarterbacks are over 35. Now, you're talking Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer's having a great year again. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the Cardinals only got one loss, Coach. And uh, uh, you got to put Phillip Rivers in that because he's the same – A's is Eli. He and Eli both turned 35 this year. Drew Brees is 35 years old. Tom Brady, 37 years old. You know, hey, these guys, and you can't, I just can't see Drew Brees playing at the level he's playing at, at 38, 39 years old. It's hard for me to imagine Peyton Manning being 39 years old before this season is over and playing at the level that he's playing at. And hey, sooner or later, you know, how much longer can Tom Brady's knees hold up for him to play at the level he's playing at? Well, Coach, you know, I think also if you've been playing, Tom Brady's played his whole career uh, at New England, and I can't believe that the weather has to be somewhat of a, a contributing factor. Well, and, and it has to be, Coach. You know, um, it's been some brutal winners that – that we've always said the New England Patriots have an advantage playing in that kind of weather. Well, they they have had an advantage, but what a toll it has it has to have taken on Tom Brady's body playing playing uh, NFL in Massachusetts at 37 years old. Oh man, that's got to be kind of tough. But hey, he he just came off another victory, and he didn't look 37 years old. He didn't look rusty. Um, he looked like the premier quarterback we expect to see, Tom Brady. That's what we saw on Sunday. And, uh, hey, I, 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 I can't say enough of how good this guy is and how much we really should appreciate what we see in Tom Brady in this NFL that we have right now. Well, Coach, let me tell you something. 
you and I look pretty good if we could throw to that tight end now that he's healthy again. That made four, he, he caught three touchdown passes. The guy is like 6'11", 300 pounds, and he catches everything. Yeah, you know, uh, Rob Gronkowski does catch a lot of, a lot of passes for uh, Tom Brady. But when we look at what Tom Brady's working with, Julian Edelman is the number one receiver for, um, for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Julian Edelman couldn't be the number one receiver on too many teams in the NFL. That lets you know. That lets me know right there what a what a solid solid quarterback he is. And it's not about it's not about um, um, throwing to a receiver. He's throwing to the open man. And um, when you got a team player like that playing for you. You're gonna go places. Well, coach, I think that's why though all those guys are still around. You know. Uh, Everybody was trying to write him off earlier this year. Everybody's been trying to write off Big Ben. Big Ben had a heck of a game this week. Yeah, yeah, he did, Coach. And um, you know, when we when we look at Roethlisberger, he's he's no spring chicken either. You know, and and um, just when we thought Andrew Luck was was going to be one of those guys that stepped up. And and made sure that the NFL did not have a drop off. Um, he didn't look like the, a premier quarterback yesterday. He didn't look like the guy that we thought was going to um, come into this league and just tear things up. You know, the Steelers beat the Colts fifty-one to thirty-four. And and hey, uh, I've, I've also I've, I've also said Tomlin had some things to be concerned about when when you beat the Colts, who who were a good team. Uh, and I and I think they still are a good team, uh, fifty-one to thirty-four. I I think you you you're doing a pretty good job on sustaining your job. Well, coach, I think what the whole deal is, and uh, you and I talk all the time about our different perspectives. But you know, uh, the offense does sell tickets in the NFL. But if you don't have a great defense, you're not going to get uh, into the playoffs. And you know, just like last night. Uh, New Orleans scored 44 points on Green Bay. I mean, uh, if you're going to score those many points, you're going to have a hard time winning in this league. Yeah, you know, and um, and and you know, there was some talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers um, had a slight pull in his hamstring during this game, and that could have affected the way he performed um, in in this game. Well, I think the Chargers, uh, not the Chargers, but I think the New Orleans Saints have finally, finally gotten some things together, and they actually are looking like, looking like the Saints that um, that want to make the playoffs because early in the season they didn't they didn't look like a playoff team. They really didn't look like a team that was going anywhere fast at all. Coach, the the, pro, the the what they got going now for them is four of their next five games are at home. And they just don't lose at home normally. So if they win those four games, then you're talking about they're got eight wins at least. If they get uh, nine wins in that division, I'm thinking they'll win it. I, I don't think you know. I don't. I don't think. I don't see Atlanta coming back. I don't see the Bucks coming back. And they play Carolina at New Orleans this coming weekend. If they beat Carolina, they'll be a game and a half ahead. Even though they'll just be at four hundred, I mean at yeah. five hundred. 
Yeah, and and and, 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 and um, the Packers, their defense is is really not a not a strong defense. Um, you know, they they lost a lot. Um, this year, before the season ever started, they lost their starting defensive tackle. But, but this team is just not a very good defensive team. Uh, Sam Shields, the number one corner, um, the fastest man on that team, he's he's injured, and you just gotta wonder. Um, you know, you can you can score a lot of points, but if you can't stop people, if you're getting 44 dropped on you, um, it's hard to win when 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 your opponent scoring 44 points on you. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he threw a touchdown, but he also had two interceptions in this game. And, you know, but, Coach, and also we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, the Steelers. You know, the Colts give up 51 points. That, you know, that's, you know, look at the if Chicago Bears. Look how they got beat down, uh, giving up all those points they gave up. You know, it's just uh, amazing to me that uh, these NFL teams – defensive have become so suspect. Yeah, and, you know, I guess we have to um, start to wonder what's happening in, in Chicago. You know, has has this team gave up on Jay Cutler? Um, have this team, has Coach Mark Tressman lost this team already, only, only in his second season? Um, man, what is happening in Chicago? You know, Brandon Marshall came out last week and said some really stern things about about the team rallying around the quarterback and um, said that the performance was unacceptable and basically almost pointing a finger at Jay Cutler. And here it is again. This week, they turn around and get shellacked 51-23 to 23 by the Bears, by, by, the, um, by the Patriots. So the Bears are in some, some, um, some trouble, to say the least. Cutler didn't play any defense Sunday. Cutler didn't make any tackles, wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to cover anybody. You give up 51 points in the league, and you're going to lose. You don't win many ball games if you give up 51 points, and that wasn't all Jay Cutler. Now, Jay Cutler might be helping them out, but, uh, you know, they got some bigger problems than just Jay Cutler, I think. I I would agree with you. Um, You know, when we think about the Chicago Chicago Bears – we think about players like Michael Singletary, um, Dick Buckus, Wilbur Marshall, you know, we, we, you know, Dan Hampton. We think about some beast up front. William the Refrigerator Perry. We we really think about some some solid players on defense for the Bears. And when we think about this Bear team, we just don't. No one's in it. No one's intimidating us at all. No, not at all. You're right. Exactly. So it's it's hard to um it's hard to it's hard to be a, a solid defense when nobody even recognizes the defense unless you are the no name defense like the Miami Dolphins were back in the eighties I think it was. Coach, the Dolphins are showing more and more improvement every week. They're four and three, and uh, them and Buffalo might be the surprise teams. You know, New England better hope they can put some points up because I don't know uh, if they can beat. Uh, Buffalo and Miami, you know, the, 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 both of those teams are on the rise. You know, um, for some reason or another, I, I have some confidence in this quarterback, Tannehill. 
And I, when I listen to people and I even talk to Dolphin fans, I think I may be in the, in the minority of having confidence in Tannehill. You know, he had a quarterback rating yesterday of 73.3, 16 of 29, 196 yards, one TD, one interception. Those are just not professional numbers. I mean, those are just not the, the numbers that's just gonna, gonna take this team in the playoffs without a, a serious running attack, which I just don't see them having. Uh, I saw Lamar. I went to the game um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Had a great time. I was pulling for the Jaguars. They couldn't pull it out. But um, I guess I would have to say I came away from that game being impressed again with Denard Robinson. Uh, 18 rushes, 108 yards. Um, didn't score a touchdown, but um, he is a, a, a positive um, – uh, he, he's he's a positive outlook for the for the um, Jaguars. I would have to say. And coach, you know, I think the Jags. And, and you, you were talking uh, about these older quarterbacks. I think Tannehill will come around. I really think Tannehill may be a surprise for all of us. Uh, I think this Bortles kid is going to be the real deal when he has some time in. You know, uh, there's some young quarterbacks out there that I I still think are you know. We talked off the air about uh, uh, the quarterback who's, you know, is replacing, who's going to start, who started tonight for the Redskins, Coach McCoy. Uh, I think he's one of those young quarterbacks that is out there that if he'll get his opportunity, this kid at Cleveland, look what he's doing. He's keeping Johnny football on the bench. Yeah, he is, but, um, and, and and but I think Brian um, Hoyer has has experience, and that's one of the things that's making him a good player. And he's athletic, and he looks the part of a professional quarterback. Right, Blake Bortles. I think he passes the eye test. I really do. I really do. Now, does he pass the 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 courage test? I'm not so sure yet, and I'm also not so sure if he. If he doesn't pass the courage test before this season is over, it, I think that the, the the Jaguars may be doing him a disservice playing him so much before the season is over because he's gonna if he gets happy feet before this season is over where he's sacked and beat up and beat up, I think it could be a long career for him. But um, if he can if he can gain a little more confidence and uh, maybe maybe um, Cecil Short maybe he's gonna. Um, come around and help this um, team before the season is over, I think that's going to help Bortles a lot. But you just don't see the weapons at the receiver position or at the tight end position for the Jaguars to really give Bortles uh, a head start. Now, what about this kid from Miami, Coach? Alan Hearns, he's, he's a rookie. You know, um, I, I, think he's, he's, I think he's a comer. I think that was one of those good – you know, it's like the Denard Robinson thing you were talking about earlier. I think they've got some sleepers there that uh, maybe the Jags will put it together in a year or so. Yeah, and, and you know, um, Alan Hearns, he caught three passes for 49 yards, and he was targeted four times. But when you look at him, Coach, and, and I saw the game yesterday, I look at a guy that almost, and I'm not, I don't mean this in a bad way, but he was banged up. Because he was a rookie and has played a lot of downs for the Jaguars this year. I know probably more than he expected to play. 
and he's just just not there this year. Maybe in the years to come, in two years, I can see him being a, a big-time player, getting ready to get a big-time contract. But right now, um, he's just not he, – he, he's basically the number one receiver for the Jaguars, and he's not ready for that, for that job yet. Well, Daryl, do you think that uh, the Jaguars, with a couple of well-placed uh, drafts, could, could become competitive? I think that's where the Jaguars are going to have to get their team from, Coach. And, um, you know, we look at Toby Gerhardt. Here's another player. He was a, he signed the biggest contract of any free agent running back last year with the Jaguars. Four rushes, 10 yards. Come on. You know, and, and his longest rush was four yards. And when you see him play in person, he really looks like he's trying to find a place to fall down, of trying to find someone to lean on so he could fall down. And and this is another player that's, uh, I'd almost say, a waste for the Jaguars because he's not going to be with them next year. He came to Jacksonville, made a few million, and he's he's gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe they can get somebody to help out this Robinson kid because the Robinson kid's exciting. He he is very exciting. You know, uh, the kid the the kid uh, Storm Johnson um, who played at Central Florida with Bortles. I didn't see him um, test the field yesterday. Uh, I don't I don't know what what was up with that, but um, he he's had some some production with the Jaguars um, at running back. But hey, um, I look at Lamar Miller who. I thought um, played a pretty solid game yesterday, and uh, and I found out something that um, I didn't know that No. Sean Moreno is out for the season. Uh, not only did he uh, have a have a problem with his elbow dislocation, he came back and tore his ACL. So he's no he's not going to be a help for the Dolphins. And uh, as much as I love Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller is, is almost like a Carl Lewis. It, you know how long it took Carl Lewis to get wound out? His speed, it took him a long time to gain maximum speed. It takes Lamar Miller a little bit of time to gain maximum speed. Once he gets there, he's there. But he just don't have that those quick feet like um, Moreno and some other running backs that we see. And and Lamar Miller's only been in the league a couple of years. And maybe You never know, Coach. Um, the Dolphins may find something in him or um, find some way to help him. Uh, become a, a little bit quicker running back. Uh, I, you know, I'd love to see uh, Buffalo and and the Dolphins challenge New England. I I hate to say it, but I'm I'm not a big New England fan. Well, Coach, um, you're not by yourself. A lot of people still think that Spygate was a a real thing, and. Um, I'm one of those people, and I think Scott Spygate was real. I think the NFL commissioner burned the tapes. Who ever heard of something like that? He's going to burn the tapes of the Spygate. And, you know, and, and, and the New England Patriots have not been back to the Super Bowl since Spygate. They've not. Um, Coach, let me, and I'll tell you something else. I was talking to a guy today that is a big Miami fan, and he said, the reason he hates New England was that old game years ago where they came out and cleaned the field off so they could kick a field goal. <laughs> they call that the snowblow game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America radio. We'll be right back after these messages.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Coach, one of the most um, entertaining games that I saw yesterday would have to be the uh, Philadelphia Eagles against the, um, the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals came out victorious. 24 to 20. Um, you know, both these teams have good records. The Eagles are now uh, 5 and 2, and the Cardinals are tied for the best record in the league right now with a 6 and 1 record. Um, hey, are these Cardinals for real? Are they, you know, are they trying to take off where they left off last year? It looks like it, coach. It looks like it, and they've done it with three different quarterbacks. And so, you know, they're a legit team. You know, when you lose uh, your quarterback and you still win, uh, I mean, now Carson Palmer's back, and he's been a big-time quarterback from time to time. But I I don't think it's just him. You know, uh, Fitzgerald, uh, Larry Fitzgerald had one of his best days ever uh, yesterday. And, yeah, I think they're one of the – you know, of course, if the Cowboys win tonight, Coach – the Cowboys will have the best record in football. Yeah. You know, but when we look at Philadelphia, um, they've been winning this year, but they have not been, been – they they've really haven't been a dominant team like we thought they were going to be coming into this season. You know, um, Coach Kelly's second year, 
uh, with his offense and with this franchise, I think a lot of us thought that they'd be um, they'd be better, they'd be ahead of, of where they are right now. And where when Nick Foles did what he did last year, six touchdowns a few times, um, we thought that he was going to be an, an elite quarterback. And I and don't get me wrong. I think Nick Foles is going to be an elite quarterback. His name is going to be called for some years to come. Uh, 36 of 62, 411 yards. I think that's asking a lot when you ask your quarterback to throw the ball 62 times in, in a game. Uh, Shady McCoy. Uh, we, 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 we saw so much promise from it, from him for such a long time since he's been in the league, but He's not a big guy. He's not a real physical guy. Everything about him is finesse. And uh, you can only finesse him for so long. And, uh, you know, and I just wonder, is that the reason why Philadelphia's struggling a little bit? I think uh, losing Daryl Sproles for a couple of games has hurt him. Yeah, he he's out. He didn't play this week. Oh, last week. Able to kind of come in. Uh, you know, and, let, and people might let down a little bit because McCoy's off the field, and, and Darren Sproles was was giving them some real good minutes. I, you, I would agree with you, Coach. But you know, um, Arizona won this won this game, and when we think of Arizona, we still think of Larry Fitzgerald, the leading receiver for that team um, and for that game. Seven receptions, 160 yards, one TD. The longest one had an 80-yard reception. Hey, this guy's – we talk about quarterbacks and how much longer can, are we going to see Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. How much longer are we going to see this guy, Larry Fitzgerald, play a position that's so demanding and so physical? Uh, even when you don't catch a ball, you could wind up, wind up on the ground with three people on top of you. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you hope that the guy will play a few more years and that they'll, you know, maybe they'll have a great year this year. Uh, you know, I'd love to see the guy go out on top. I'm not sure exactly. Larry's got to be, he's got to be pushing 35. I don't know if he's that old, Coach. But, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills, um, they're 5-3, and three, and they beat the, the hapless Jets, who won in seven, 43-23. You know, Kyle Lawton, um, has he has he found a, a a newfound youth in himself, or or what's going on with him? Um, he he, he took Emmanuel's job, and don't look like he's getting it back this season. And coach, the thing about it is, he didn't even have a running back yesterday. Yeah, you're both, right. Both his running backs were out. Yeah, you know, uh, Dixon is one uh, has played with the forty played with Forty ers as a backup running back to a backup running back for a long time, and he was a starting running back for them yesterday. But you know, when 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 Kyle Orton can do basically what he does, um, seven beat himself. Right, he's not going to beat himself. You know, and, and and if you know what you have in Kyle Orton, you're not going to put him in a position to beat you or himself. You know, he, two, he threw for uh, 238 yards, four TDs, a quarterback rating of a 142.8. Coach, Geno Smith good. was out of this game in the first 20 minutes of the game. I'm not talking about the clock time. I'm talking about the time on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, Geno Smith just didn't, didn't have it yesterday. And, and you, really, you really wonder where, where he is mentally as a quarterback, is he one of those guys that we've seen 
like I say sometimes, thrown to the wolves, put in a little too fast, ask too much of him, where it's just overwhelming and he'll never be able to catch up to the curve? I believe you're right, Coach. I, I agree with all those things. And I'm not sure the guy – I think if the guy could have come into the league and sat on the bench for a couple of years and learned the game, learned the professional game, he might have stood a chance. But the way it's gone now, I, I don't see the guy making it. Yeah, and, and, and really, he really needs now to go somewhere and, uh, and be a backup for a while, which I'm not so sure his ego is going to allow that to happen. You know, and, 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 I, and when I look at Michael Vick coming to the game um, yesterday, I, I, I think I expect a little bit more from Michael Vick. I mean, for some reason, this guy can't hold on to the ball for anything. I mean, you, you, you push him and he drops and he fumbles the ball. I, 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 don't, I don't get this. And he had the same problem when he was with Philadelphia. He, he just drops the ball. He turns the ball over. Hey, too many fumbles. Well, Coach, though, he did make some first downs with his feet. You know, he, I mean, they look better with him than they did with Gino. Well, that's not saying a lot. You know, and, and – The Jets may be asking it to find out where Mark uh, – uh, Sanchez's. <laughs> I would have never thought they were hoping Mark Sanchez would come back, but they might. Hey, and you know, um, speaking of Mark Sanchez, probably the best thing that ever happened to him is to disappear within the league. You know, oh, yeah. he's on somebody's bench now looking and learning. And, and the mental picture is so much bigger, and things are actually, I'm sure he's absorbing things so much better now Step, taking a step back and looking at it, where I don't know if Geno Smith is going to be able to do that. I hope he. I hope that 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 might be his path. But um, at the same time, he probably is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets and whoever the Jets' new head coach is, because I just don't see Rex coming back, Coach. No, Coach Rex is done. He should be sending out his resume as we speak. Will Rex Ryan be a head coach in the NFL in the next two years? I don't think so. Really? You, you don't, don't think – will he ever be a head coach in the NFL? Maybe. If he goes somewhere, coach, and he, he does a good job on the defensive side again, somebody will court him. I actually think Rex Ryan will be a, um, a head coach again. And um, I think there's so many needy people out there – in this league, and uh, and he comes from pedigree, you know, Buddy Ryan, you know, yeah. I, I really and 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 hey, he took the Jets places with with Mark Sanchez, you know, he took he, them to the playoffs with Mark Sanchez. Um, the uh, uh, the championship game, yeah, and and I, and I really see if if he had a a good quarterback, I don't I don't think we'd be talking about. Rex Ryan's job the way we are. Um, Geno Smith is not a good quarterback because he never really, he, he never really matured into a good quarterback. You know, down here in Florida, especially in South Florida, we like some mangoes down in South Florida. And sometimes you have to take that mango and put it in a brown paper bag, Coach, put it in a dark spot, and let it get a little bit right, just right, and it's sweet, sweet. You know, Gino never reached that point of being ripe. You know what I mean? He needed about two more mango seasons before he was ripe. And um, I don't think the Jets were willing to wait. 
and I'm I'm just not sure if um if he's going to be willing to to keep his mouth shut and take a, take that holding the clipboard role. Well, coach, what I worry about is the Jets. You know, they went out and they got Chris Johnson. You know, they had Avery. They had you know they've got some weapons somewhat. They went out and got Eric Decker. You know, I thought maybe they could be uh, uh, you know a chance that they could actually uh, give New England some competition, but they're the worst team in that league. And they had a solid defense last year, one of the best defenses in the league last year. Yep. But, Coach, yesterday um, it was a very controversial call late in the game. Um, the Ravens and the Bengals oh, yeah. in, in Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals won 27-24. But um, there was an offensive pass interference call on Steve Smith um, that you know, I guess you could say uh, cost um, the Ravens the game. Oh, it did. To me, it was an offensive pass interference, and and they should have made the call. That's one of those calls you very rarely see, but it was a blatant, obvious offensive pass push interference. Off. He pushed yeah. off. Yeah, he grabbed the guy, pulled him down, and made a catch. Yeah, so I, I I don't I don't see what the what the big deal was. Um, however, the Ravens are five and three, and in this year's NFL, that is a pretty good record. The Bengals are four and two, which is not a bad record in this year's NFL. But the Ravens having five victories on their side. Is is a big deal, and I, and I take that back. The Ravens are four two and one, and they have a tie on their on their record. Um, I think it's Carolina that they tied yeah. with. Yeah. Yes. Well, coach, the thing about it is, if you've got five wins and you've played eight games in the league, you're going to end up probably having ten wins for the season, and that probably gets you in the playoffs. That will probably get you in the playoffs, coach. I I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, and so um, I, I I look at this Ravens team, and I'm telling you, they they're so blue collar all the time. And around the end of November, we'll start talking about them a little bit more. We'll start talking about Flacco making the playoffs again. And um, hey, it, he he he's a solid quarterback, and he's a winner, a proven winner, a Super Bowl winner. Well, coach, will they? But now, will the people get off a? Of, uh, uh, Dalton's back at uh, Cincinnati. If they win there, if they win this year and go to the playoffs and win, they need to win one game in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the yeah. you know, um, I'm I'm just not so sure. I don't think one win in the playoffs is gonna uh, give make a give uh, Andy Dalton a lot of redemption with the fans in Cincinnati. Um, it might say it might stop some of this talk about her about Marvin Lewis losing his job. You know, who's who is the um I think he's been in the league at that at as a head coach only behind Belichick, uh who's been a head coach longer in the league with one team and and currently coaching in the league. Yeah. You know, coach, um it was some came out last week. It was almost a little disturbing. Um you know, and, 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 and you hear these things, and I, I don't think we should really um, pay a lot of attention to it, a lot of attention to it. Um, the, Percy, the Percy Harvin um, leaving 
the Seattle Seahawks left left some vapors. Um, there was a story about Russell Wilson not being black enough after this came out. Marshawn Lynch said it was a it was a horrible thing. Now today there's a story about Marshawn Lynch. Is he going to make the trade deadline? Uh, he'll probably definitely won't be with the team next year. It's 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 some vapors left from the Russell Wilson thing. And is this just a bunch of talk or is this something that's going to put a fire behind this team and stir them up to make a surge for the playoffs? Or is this something that's going to possibly create some havoc and, uh, and, and some disturbances among the Seattle Seahawks team who beat the Carolina Panthers 13-19 um, yesterday? Yeah, well, uh, the thing about it is, Daryl, is if you look at the the uh, the defending national champions, I don't think they've looked like champions, and I don't think that they've been. Uh, you know, Percy Harvin. You know, who in that locker room should have grabbed the guy and said, "Hey, we're the national champions. Let's start playing like that." Uh, if I don't this, know- if if those things actually happen, because you never really, I haven't heard any athlete come out and say these things happen. And, 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 you know, and, and, and you're right, they won the Super Bowl and they are the defending Super Bowl champions. So that alone has got to let us know that everybody's going to play them tougher than they play anybody else because they are the defending Super Bowl champions. Well, Coach, the thing about Marshawn Lynch I, I've always wondered why they, you know, they always question the guy and they don't pay him. You know, they don't yeah. pay him big bucks. And so, uh, Marshawn Lynch might want to be somewhere else. I don't know. But I know this for a fact that Russell Wilson isn't ready yet to carry that team by himself. Yeah. And, and I'll say it again. Um, Cam Newton just still. Don't have weapons. I mean, you know, uh, Greg Olson had one catch yesterday for 16 yards, and Kevin Benjamin had four catches for 94 yards, and he was targeted um, seven times. You know, Olson was only targeted three times. You know, I think people have kind of realized that if you take away Olson from Cam Newton, who is a tight end, um, you, you 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 throw a monkey wrench in the game in their offense. Yeah. And what they did, if you watched any of their games, uh, they brought that safety up and they said, we're going to play linebacker Andre Olsen and a, a safety over the top like he was a wide receiver because they don't have anybody else. They don't have a Steve Smith anymore. I think that was the biggest mistake they made. Yeah, they they really just don't have anybody that could um, take the top off of a defense that could, that, could that, that is a deep threat. You know, Coach, um, here in Florida – uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the fans are really wanting wanting Levy Smith's head on a chopping block. I mean, they want him gone already. The guy hasn't been here, you know. Come on, he's been in seven games and they want him gone. They don't want to see him coach an eighth game in Tampa. And when the Vikings come to town and beat you nineteen thirteen, hey, I'm just not. I'm I'm a little concerned. Yeah. I, you know, again, Coach, he doesn't have a great quarterback, and he, he just doesn't have any tools yet. 
Yeah. And 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 when is he going to have tools? You know, and 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 Doug Martin has turned in to be exactly what I thought he was going to be. He's a small guy. He he can't take a lot of punishment and you and you can't depend on him to be a a every down running back. You know, 10 rushes, 27 um, yards. That's just not going to cut it in in this league. It's just not going to cut it. Well, Coach, uh, I guess we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll try to find out how we can keep loving his job. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me, Coach. We'll be right back with more Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. It's time for a look at sports from behind the lens with Pete Delonzo. This show provides an inside focus on what goes on in the sports world that you don't hear about on most sports talk radio shows. There have been a lot of changes in the way sports on television is presented. This includes rules, looks, and attitudes. Pete Delonzo has a 30-year-plus Emmy Award-winning career working behind the scenes in sports coverage. Now you can get the real story, Behind the Lens with Pete Delonzo. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Coach, before we go into college football, I'm going to share something with you that I read today that the Alabama Boosters paid Saban $3.1 million for his house and told him that he could stay in that house for as long as he wants. Even after he's finished coaching at Alabama, he could still stay in that house. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think if he take a job at Auburn, he could stay in the house? <laughs> yeah, Coach, but it'll be burnt down. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Or they'll put poison around it or something. You know, they poison a tree up there in, in, in Auburn. So, hey, you got to be careful, man. Coach, I'm going to tell you something. They could have bought my house for a lot cheaper. <laughs> They might not let you stay in it, though, Coach, if they paid for it. But, you know, I, I guess that's, that's the kind of stuff that kids got to see, that here's someone that wrote a check for $3.1 million for this man's house, and they told him you can stay there for the rest of your life. 
And the here is a kid who writes his name on a on a plastic football and sells it for ten dollars and loses scholarship for forever. Yeah. yeah, just doesn't make sense. And I, you know, I I know kids got to look at this kind of stuff and say, "Wow, wow!" You mean I? I mean, I can't even I can't accept uh, forty eight dollars to buy a pair of khaki pants, but he can accept three point one million dollars for his house. And he's in the coach. His salary is six point something million per season. This year, you're making ten million dollars, okay? Yeah, with the sale of his house, he's gonna make ten. That's for sure. Ah, there's something wrong with that, coach. It's just really something wrong with that. And you know, some people don't mind throwing money away, where some people um really can't afford to buy lettuce and tomatoes because they're too expensive. Well, I think what's happening, Coach, is we see a, a disproportionate uh, pay for the same thing. You know, the Alabama players. Now, that $3.1 million was spread amongst all the players because uh, Nick is a great guy, but he hadn't made any tackles and he ain't blocked anybody this year. Or thrown any passes. I would, yeah. I would agree totally, Coach. Hey, but oh. you know the number one team in the nation, uh, Mississippi State beat Kentucky forty-five thirty-one. You know um, they beat them, but is 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 that enough to to really say this team is 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 the best team in the in the in the land? I don't know, Coach, but I know this. Uh, I'm one of my uh, old players uh, that you know. Uh, text me and said, Coach, uh, I hope Florida gets a new coach. And I said, well, I think he's living in Mississippi now. <laughs> you think so, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all, Coach. And, you know, the, the number two team in the nation, they played Thursday night, um, Florida State. And, um, you know, Florida State looks like, um, well, no, Florida State was open this week. And, and Florida State really looks like they have the easiest road to to the national championship. They don't have to play in the SEC every week. They don't have to worry about getting beat up and banged up and, and just playing a brutal schedule of the, of the SEC. And I think this is going to make a difference for them um, towards the end of the season. So I'm looking forward to seeing Florida State possibly hang on to that one or two spot throughout the rest of the season. Mississippi State, Coach, uh, um, Ole Miss, the Land Sharks, I guess they came up with this name out of nowhere. I don't know where it came from. But um, the Land Sharks, Coach, I called you, I texted you around the first quarter of this game, and I told you that LSU had this one. I really thought they were going to win this game, and they did beat them 10-7, a close game. Very close game. And, and Coach, the thing about it is uh, there's a lot of history there at LSU and Ole Miss, but the Egg Bowl this year, which I would have changed the name of the bowl years ago myself, but when Ole Miss and Mississippi State play this year, there won't be anybody. You can rob uh, anybody in Oxford or uh, anybody that lives around uh, Mississippi State because they'll all be at the game. <laughs> Oh, hey, but, um, you know, Coach, um, Ole Miss really, really, really did some things. 
Um, I, I, they, I was surprised they've, they've gotten as far as they've gotten, but, um, Hey, you know, less miles, you know, they don't call him the wizard and all these other things for no reason. Um, less came with a strong game plan and basically LSU let them know, Hey, you guys have been the little cousins on the block forever. Don't think you're going to step up and be the big cousins now all of a sudden. <laughs> and and they really put them in their place. I, 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 I that's how I looked at that game. Um, the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, LSU let them know that hey, you know, we've been whooping on y'all all of these years. How in the world you think we're gonna lose you to this year? Lose to you guys this year? You know, Coach. Well, um, um, the Alabama offense coordinator's mom was a little bit afraid coming into this game against Tennessee. Lane Kiffin, uh, apparently his mom had gotten some threats and she was concerned for her baby going out there on the field. Uh, but I don't think Saban, the guy that gets his house paid for $3.1 million, I don't think he was very concerned about Tennessee at all. No. And it didn't look like they needed to be, Coach. Uh, they, they actually kind of backed off a little bit in the fourth quarter. I think they did too. Yeah, they did back off. You know, um, of course, this team is probably the most intriguing team to me out of all of these SEC teams, and that's the Auburn Tigers. You know, they're six and one, and um, they played South Carolina, and and South Carolina played them pretty tough. I mean, throughout the whole game, this 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 game was tied at the end of the third quarter. You know, and um, and Auburn scored one more touchdown in the, in the fourth quarter that 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 won the game. But I, I really like this Auburn Tiger team. Um, you know, I, I I really think they have a shot at making that Final Four. I don't know who's going to lose out. Might even be Mississippi State that that lose out. But I, I like Auburn to make one of those final spots, Coach. Coach, so you're saying you're definitely thinking Auburn's going to beat Alabama? I, I I see Auburn making it to the Final Four. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I see Auburn making it to the Final Four. I would agree with you, Coach, if they don't lose another game. But if they lose to Alabama or the Southeastern Conference Championship, either or, they won't make it to the Final Four. What I have a concern with, is uh, Mississippi State's the only one left that has no loss. If they lose one and then lose into the uh, Southeastern Conference Championship game, then they won't be going to the show. i tell you the one I think might surprise everybody is I'm not sure Georgia won't sneak in. I'm not sure Georgia won't win out, and then you know they're going to beat at Florida this week. And yes. then they've got one, they only got one loss. They go into the Southeastern Conference Championship game, and everybody's thinking Alabama or Auburn or Mississippi State, and all of a sudden it's going to be Georgia. Well, you know, we still got Oregon there with, a, with one loss. Um, they're at number five. Um, Notre Dame is number six with one loss. And Ole Miss dropped down to number seven. Um, this week with one loss. Michigan State is right there with one loss. And we have Georgia 6-1 and one with one loss. So, Georgia, you, you're right, Coach. They, they may still have a, have, a, have a shot at it. Well, 
when they started winning after they lost the best, what I thought was the best running back in the country, uh, and they kept winning, uh, I thought right off that uh, they, they're a legit team. You know, Coach, I, I guess I have to ask you about um, Marshall, who was undefeated, 8-0. and how, how, how do you feel about this team? I, you know, I, I saw him play, um, I think it was um, Florida Atlantic over the, uh, over the weekend, and they beat them. But is this a legitimate team? Um, should no, they even no. be taken seriously? No, good. That was like that year we had a really great year when we coached together. It was because I had a great schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't, so they, we didn't get any better that year, Coach. We just had a better schedule. <laughs> I hear you, Coach. You know, and and you know, we look at Ohio State. They're they're right there at number thirteen, and with with one loss. Um, what do you what do you think about this Urban Meyer team? I don't think. I just don't feel it, Coach. When I watch them play, you know, they're not dominating. You know, they they do like Urban Meyer's teams. I'm sorry to say they usually use a lot of smoking glass. You know, they use, you know, I, I just don't see them being a dominant Ohio State. Ohio State used to beat your doors down to get to get to win. Now they kind of sneak around, you know, cutesy you here, cutesy you there. I, I think they'll drop another game before it's all said and done. You know, Coach, um, before we go, um, um, Brady Hogue has caught a lot of flack in the last couple of weeks. And a lot of it has been about him not wearing a headset while he's on the field. Um, There's no doubt he's going to be losing his job at the end of this season, if not before. I'm sure they may let him just take that beat down by Ohio State and say, hey, hit the door. But how do you feel about this thing about him not – um, being taking taking such criticism about about the headsets, not wearing a headset. Well, coach, the thing about it is, uh, you know, three years ago, three years ago, uh, they had a great record, Denard uh, Robinson's junior year, I think it was, and uh, I, I think they ended up winning ten or eleven games, and nobody said anything about the headset then, right? Yeah, they were and winning. So- you know what? If you're winning, everything's okay. You know, if you win the national championship, you don't wear a headset. Oh, that's the way. You, hey, you need to stop wearing it. headsets. You know, I think it's one of those personal preference things, Daryl. But uh, the guy, you know, you got to recruit the state, you know, to be able to keep your job in college. And, uh, I, I think they just haven't gotten a great recruiter in there in a long time. You know, uh, Rich Rodriguez went through there. You know, we've had a couple of guys go through there that uh, I thought was going to be able to turn the program back around. I, I never thought Michigan would be uh, just an also-ran in the Big Ten, but that's what they are. I would agree with you, Coach. I never thought Michigan would be in the situation they're in. I would have to say – I don't think you can coach in this day and age without wearing a headset. I think it's just so many things going on in the game that you got to know a little bit about everything that's going on in the game, whether it's a punt, punt return, kick, kickoff return, offense, defense. I think you have to have an idea of everything that's going on in the game because overall, coach, 
The reason you like to call plays is because you wanted to lose with what you were doing. You didn't want to lose with what someone else is doing, and you don't even know what they're doing. So if Brady Hogue is, doesn't, doesn't have any kind of communication with his special teams coach, he's, he's behind the eight ball as far as I'm concerned. But he's not being responsible for special team. And the same goes for offense and defense and all, ass, all, all other um, assets of the game. Uh, I, really, the game. I really agree with you, Daryl. You know, I, I'm too much of a control freak not to wear the headset. But, you know, when it was third and 17, I was all good with you calling the play. <laughs> I would agree, Coach. <laughs> hey, but um, you wanted to know everything that was going on in the game. And it's, and it's, it, it's almost confusing to me to see this guy coaching at such a high level and not wanting to know everything that's going on in the game. Oh, I agree. And yeah. the thing about it is, Coach, you know, you know you're, you're, everybody's talking about you losing your job. Well, I'm going to fight for my job till the end. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So, you know, um, we are going to be losing some, um, some college coaches this year too, Coach. You know, we talk about these NFL coaches that are maybe losing their job. There's some college coaches that's going to be losing their job too. We know uh, Hogue is definitely one of them, and, um, and Muschamp is another one that's definitely got his head on the chopping block too. Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info You. I'm on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.